Not only do I travel uh, around the nations, and I think I've preached now probably in over 40 countries, but um, when I'm at home, I'm a volunteer chaplain for the police department where I live. And so uh, I have to wear my own bulletproof vest. I have a uniform. I look like the Hulk when I have that vest on. (laughs) But I have to wear it. And um, a couple years ago, we had uh, lost two of our police officers, two different incidences. Uh, They lost their life uh, while serving. And so I'm going to share with you some some pictures of uh, what I do and what you are sewing into. And I thank you so much for what you do. Uh, this is a picture of our two police officers, Dan Bassett and Tony Zepatella. Both were only 26 years old. They both just had their first child. Both their children were six months old when they uh, lost their lives. And uh, both of these um, murders, actually, uh, deliberate murders, were uh, gang-related. And so not only did we lose Dan and Tony, but the teenagers that took their lives... Uh, we lost them as well because at the age of 16, they were sentenced to life without parole. So their life is over. So um, I thought, I can't do anything for Dan and Tony. Praise God, they both knew the Lord. So they're in heaven. But uh, I thought there's something that we could do to help these young kids and to turn their lives around and to help them to do something creative instead of so destructive. So I put together, I organized a nonprofit community development corporation in honor of Dan and Tony, and it's called Dan and Tony's Life Center. So I'd like to see the first thing that I did was I took 19 of these kids to a sculpting class. Can we see the next slide? Uh, This was day one, and they absolutely loved it. They put their hands in that clay, and and they thought, boy, this is going to be fun. Now, these kids didn't want to come at first. These are all at-risk kids. They're not allowed to go to the public school. They have a second chance to go to a special school. And uh, I told them, I said, I know you guys have talent because we see it on the uh, graffiti everywhere, but I want you to see how you have some talent that you can do something uh, creative. So uh, they absolutely loved the sculpting class. It was uh, six weeks long, uh, two hours a week. I actually had the school bus was given to me to take the kids over there. And, uh, but they, the teacher said it was the most creative class, the most talent she'd ever seen in any one of her classes. Uh, let's look at the next slide. I think this kind of shows you um, some of the end of their product. They had never done this before, ever. And they absolutely <laughs> loved it. Then afterwards, I had a recognition dinner for them, and uh, the mayor came and helped serve the food. I catered the meal in, and uh, we had um, linen tablecloths, and they put napkins under their chin, and one boy said, boy, I feel special today. And I said, you are special, Jeffrey. You all are very, very special. And now we have some new classes started. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, we have um, a harmonica class and a drawing class. And what we do is we meet on Tuesdays, and Tuesday is called Taco Tuesday. So let's look at the next slide. And I invite the police to come because this is uh, one of our police officers, Mark, and he came, he came early to make sure he got a taco. <laughs> and, but it's called Taco Tuesday because we serve the kids tacos. And then we invite the police to come and eat with the kids because our goal is to build a bridge between the police officers and these at-risk kids. And uh, so the, the kids were really enjoying it. Let's look at the next picture. I think it's the art class. So I've got, we had three police officers came to set in on the art class. <clears throat> you can show the next slide, too. And... The kids were really uh, discovering 
how they can think and create a picture uh, on their own. And so it's, it's been very good. They're really, really enjoying it. And it's amazing the talent that these kids really have. They've just never had the opportunity to release it. Amen. And then we have the harmonica class. Uh, this is Andy. And uh, he uh, actually, Andy knows how to play the guitar. So on our next class, he's going to bring his guitar. And then the teacher's going to show him how to, you know, you can clip the harmonica on the stand. So he's going to learn to play his harmonica with his guitar. So he's excited about that. And I think we had about three police officers. Uh, let's look at the last slide. I think this is the last one. Um, Three police officers came, and one of them was so excited about the harmonica, he wants to take the class. And actually, the school teacher says she wants to take the class. So um, our classes are growing. But that's uh, some of what you saw. I think that's the last picture, isn't it? And, um, but this is some of the things that you're sewing into. And, and so I want to thank the church for doing that. And if you'd ever like to get a newsletter, because we're going to start putting out a newsletter for Dan and Tony's Life Center. There's some cards on the back table out there with my product. You can uh, just write on the card. It says uh, ministry partner, but you can just write Dan and Tony, and I'll know that you want specifically to get a newsletter so that you can see what we're doing. But I want to thank you so, so, so very much for sewing into the lives of these kids. And uh, so we're having a, um, a recognition dinner for them later on in November. And so they're going to perform. They're going to play their harmonica, display their art pieces. And so it's been really good. So, um, and we've got the, the chief of police has already signed up to come to that class <laughs> or to come to that dinner and some of the captains. And so it's good that, uh, and the chief is excited about Taco Tuesday. He just thinks it's great. So it's, it's good to have the police up there. And we're actually working uh, with some of our senior uh, citizens, because at the recognition dinner, um, I recently made a contact with some seniors, and uh, there's a 90-year-old woman and an 80-year-old man that love to do the jitterbug. So they're going to be coming to our recognition dinner, and I'm going to have them sit up there up front, maybe for five or ten minutes, and tell the kids what was it like you know, 90, 70 years ago when they were teenagers. And then I've got three senior citizens, couples, that are going to come and do the jitterbug for the kids. And then they're going to invite the kids up and teach them how to do the jitterbug. So we're building a bridge with the seniors and the kids and the police with the kids. So thank you so much for uh, sewing into uh, what we're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Father, we thank you for your presence today. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We acknowledge who you are and who we are in you. So we thank you for your word going forth today. I thank you for utterance. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you that each one of us are anointed to see and to hear and to receive all that you have for us this day. And Father, we truly give you all the praise and all the glory. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. So I'm going to be teaching this morning on the Holy Spirit. And, you know, Jesus came for a very specific purpose. In 1 John 3, 8, it says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. And for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And Jesus not only came for this purpose, but he fulfilled his purpose. Amen? And then we can read in the Gospel of John, John 14, verses 16 and 17. I'll read mine out of the Amplified. But it says, And I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, a counselor, a helper, 
an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him, it doesn't know him, they don't recognize him, but you know him. And you recognize him because he is with you constantly and he lives with you. He lives inside of you. I think we have never really grasped the truth that one third of the Holy Spirit or one third of the Holy Trinity actually lives inside of you and me. You know, we have the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, God the Father and God the Son live in heaven. It's a beautiful place. That's two-thirds of the Holy Trinity. But the other third of the Holy Trinity actually lives inside of you and me. To me, that is absolutely beyond awesome that God has put one-third of himself to actually live inside of you and me. We need to really get a revelation of what God has done for us. And then in John 16, verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper... The Holy Spirit, he will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. What an awesome, awesome gift we have been given. Once you are born again, you have been presented a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you the moment you get born again. But when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that releases the power of the Holy Spirit to be more involved in what you're doing, to help you to be more sensitive to him. Actually helps you to even begin to speak in a heavenly language when you, re- when you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So in John 16, verse 13... However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into how much truth? All of the truth, not just partial truth, but he is going to guide you into all of the truth. And he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will show you things to come. So it's very critical that we learn to listen to him. He is there to guide us. You know, sometimes when something terrible happens, uh, people will say, well, that person was surely in the wrong place at the wrong time. You ever hear that? Well, that almost implies that you can be in the wrong place at the right time. No, no. If it's the wrong place, honey, it's always the wrong time. So there's no such thing being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's always the wrong time. And so the Holy Spirit is there to guide us. But do you know every time we disobey the Lord, every time we do not want to do what he's asked us to do, or we don't respond to the leading of the Lord, What we have done, we just took the lead. You just took the lead instead of being the follower. And he is there to guide us. So you need, so sometimes people say, well, I used to hear the Lord speak to me all the time and I just don't hear him anymore. Well, it could be sometimes the Lord has asked you to do something. You think, hmm, no, 
I don't want to do that. The Lord tells you again, no, I don't want to do that. He tells you again, no, I'm not going to do that. What have you done? You've turned your back. You've turned your back on something the Lord asked you to do. And so when you've got your back turned, uh uh-huh, it's harder to hear. But when you repent, the Holy Spirit's right there. He never left your side. You just took the guide. You just took the lead. But as soon as you repent, he's right there to pick up all the pieces because he's he's never left you. But you are making him follow you. So sometimes if you're not hearing, it could be because maybe you've just said no one too many times. And he's just waiting for you to say, yes, Lord, here am I. And right then, you're just right back in place. Isn't that good? Just put him back in his place to be the guide and not to be the follower. We're to be the follower. So how do we listen to the Holy Spirit? In Proverbs chapter 20, if you have your... How many have Bibles with you today? You know, I know it's up on the screen sometimes, but, you know, it's always good to have your Bible with you because it's the sword of the Spirit. Always come to church with your sword. And um, the more you read it, the more familiar you become with it. And the more familiar you become with his voice. It's not just listening or seeing something on a screen. It's you have to have the word with you. And so in Proverbs 20, 27, it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the, the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. You know, I like what the psalmist David wrote. He said, for you will light my candle. The Lord, my God, will enlighten my darkness. David even knew, and he he said, Lord, you light my candle. Well, do you know that every time we pray the prayers of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 1, 16, 17, 18, that whole chapter, that we pray that the Spirit of the Lord, uh, that, that God will guide us into a spiritual enlightenment. He wants to enlighten you by His Spirit. And so that's what you're doing. You're asking the Lord to light your candle. Isn't that good? That's so beautiful. I want to read something to you out of Luke 8, verse 17 and 18. For nothing is secret... That will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. For there is nothing hidden that shall not be disclosed, nor anything secret that shall not be known and come out into the open. Verse 18. Be careful, therefore, how you listen. For to him who has spiritual knowledge will more be given. That's why you want to pray that on a regular daily basis, Lord, fill me with the knowledge of your will, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Because he said, those who have spiritual knowledge will more be given. And from him who does not have spiritual knowledge, even what he thinks, what he guesses, and what he supposes is is correct, that he will have that all taken away. In other words, it will have no value. So it's so important that we understand that God wants to enlighten us. If you have um, the power shortage and you're in a dark room, what do you do? You light a candle. Well, uh, the Holy Spirit gives light to the dark places of our life. The Holy Spirit brings clarity where there's been confusion. The devil will always trick your mind. The devil always wants you to turn towards logic and reasoning. 
And that will cause you to be defeated every time. The Holy Spirit is going to bring you into truth of the gospel. So you want to learn the difference. Because the human spirit is the part that has been created in the image of God. Amen. Someone asked three guys to come up here and hold something for me just really quickly. Three gentlemen just come up here. I just want to use a, a short illustration that will help you. Yeah, you can come up here if you want to. Let you hold this part. And you two hold that part. You stand, all stand together. Mm -hmm. Hold it up high so everybody can see it. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you, spirit and soul, live in a body. Your spirit is the part that gets born again. Your spirit is the candle of the Lord. When the Lord speaks to you, he's going to speak to you in your spirit, through your spirit. Do you understand? So your, your spirit is the candle of the Lord. This is the part that's been uh, transformed into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we communicate with God spirit to spirit. Your soul, that's your mind, your emotions, your freedom of choice. Your soul connects with or communicates with the mental realm, with the world system. This, your mind always wants to go to logic and reasoning. And until your mind is renewed to the word of God, it's always going to argue with the spirit. So it's so important that you renew your mind every day because so often you think, yes, but this is, that's just not logical. We want to go, this is the logical thing to do. Well, if you follow logic, you're going to miss the plan of God every time. You will go the wrong direction. If you go with logic, that's when you can wind up in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's when that happens. Logic and reason. Well, it doesn't make sense. Well, of course I can go there. But if the Holy Spirit tells you no, you want to go with that. You never make decisions based on logic and reasoning. Now, your body, that just uh, uh, connects with or relates to the physical, the five senses. But it's your spirit that is the candle of the Lord. And that's where you're going to hear from God, in your spirit. That's why your spirit needs to be so afresh, so in tune, so sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Does this kind of help you to see what we're talking about? Thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank you. Because sometimes if we see it like that, okay, I got that. Now there's a spirit and there is a soul. So we want to make, make understand that we understand the difference. So in Romans 8.14, if you want to turn there, Romans 8.14. So again, we commune with God spirit to spirit. God does not speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. Romans 8.14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God... They are the sons of God. Or we could say that the sons of God are always to be led by the Spirit of God. In verse 16, same chapter. For the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So once again, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he is the spirit of truth and he's going to guide us. Well, he's already here. He's guiding us through uh, his spirit, through truth. So you always want to learn to be very sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
And you can trust the Holy Spirit because he only speaks what he heard the Father tell him to say. And you can trust the Holy Spirit because he is the holy. He is holy, pure, the Holy Spirit. You know, we say Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, but I think we don't realize what we're saying. We're talking about Holy Spirit that lives in us. And because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we have the ability to live a clean life. Not perfect, but clean. We have that ability to live a clean life because the Holy One lives on the inside of us. And in 1 John 2.20, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. That means we have the ability to know things on the inside. See, your spirit has information that your mind does not have. Your spirit has information that your mind does not have. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he can prepare you for a divine connection or he can also warn you of danger. I showed you the pictures of Dan and Tony up here a few moments ago. I knew them both personally. And my job as a chaplain, I actually ride in the police cars with the officers. I am a second pair of eyes for them. And one night I was with Tony, and it was a wonderful night. We talked so much about God. Uh, The more we talked about the Lord, the more quiet the evening got. We wound up having only four calls that whole evening. We went to dinner together. We prayed together. We just talked about God, God, God. And then he wanted to know about Bible school. And I said, well, Tony, um, you've just got your first baby. This is your first job. You're just a rookie. You're just new out of, the, out of the police academy. Rather than packing up and going someplace to go to Bible school, uh, maybe you might want to consider doing correspondence school. He said, oh, can I do that? I says, yeah, you can just go correspondence school. He says, well, that's what I would like to start with. I says, well, I'll get you some information about correspondence school. And because our evening was so successful and so fruitful, I thought, well, the next morning, I thought, I'm going to go out with Tony again, and I'll get him the information and just sew into him, you know, and and, uh, because he was like a sponge. I mean, it was just awesome when you speak to somebody that's like a sponge, you know. And so I'm going to go out with Tony. And that morning when I was having my prayer time, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, don't go today. Now, logic, reasoning would say, why not? I'm giving him some information about Bible school. I mean, there's certainly anything wrong with that. But if the Holy Spirit says, don't go, you don't go. You don't let logic, and re- no matter how good it seems, you don't go that direction. You always listen to the Holy Spirit because he's got information that your mind does not have. So I thought, okay, I'll give it to him next week. So I got busy working in my office, and I looked at the clock. And I thought, oh, my goodness, it's 3 o'clock. i got to get to the police department. i got to get dressed. And I love the scripture that says the Holy Spirit will bring things to your remembrance. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, remember, don't go today. I said, oh, yes, thank you for reminding me. I forgot. That was at 3 o'clock. Shortly after 5 o'clock, Tony was shot and murdered. I'd have been right there. Had I gone with logic instead of the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be here this morning. I would not be here. 
because I would have been standing right side by side with Tony. Because they get out of the car, I get out of the car. You go up to the car, I'm, I'm right there with them. I go in the houses, I go out to the car with them. The Holy Spirit knew that, that I was not to go. He will warn you, but don't let logic or reasoning distract you from what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Because if you let logic and reason be your guide, it can cost you your life. You will miss the plan and purpose that God has for you. So always remember, your spirit has information that your mind does not have. We know things. We hear things that the devil doesn't know and that the devil doesn't hear. How awesome is that? We want to tap into that on a regular basis. Another situation I was facing, I had a a very dear friend of mine was telling me about this new friend that I had and said that the new friend was not going to be a good friend. He said, that new friend will hurt you. And I thought, well, now we're not supposed to say negative things about people. And this was before I really knew how to follow the Holy Spirit. And I thought, well, that wasn't nice to say something bad about my new friend. And so I didn't know that that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me through my older friend. So I ignored it. And that new friend brought mega sorrow to my life. And let me tell you something. When, When something like that happens, I can guarantee you, if you'll back up, just back up in your thinking, you'll go back and you'll find the place where you just had a warning and you violated it. So I went, I thought, wow, I was, I was warned way back then. I was warned not to go with Tony. God, if you, I mean, any negative situation, people that maybe went to a concert in Las Vegas, if they're a Christian, they can back up and say, you know what? I knew I shouldn't have gone there. It happens to us all the time. But we need to be more and more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit because your mind, logic and reasoning, will be your greatest enemy. So don't see, when those negative thoughts come, you just take them captive right away. Don't, don't give place to those. You must learn to listen because you will miss. We're to walk by faith, not by logic, not by reasoning. Amen. It's so critical. So how do we recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit? Sometimes it can just be a very, uh, it's just a knowing, you just know something on the inside. For example, maybe you've been planning to go someplace with a friend of yours and, and you've been planning it for, for months and you've got all the plans all laid out there. And maybe the day before you think, hmm, I don't know. I, I just don't think I should go. And so you tell your friend, you know, I'm not going to go tomorrow. And your friend says, what? We have been planning this for months. You've got to come. No, I I know. I I just don't quite feel right about it. Oh, please, please come. I'll buy lunch, please. Okay, so you go. And while you were gone, something happens. There was a reason why you should have been at home or that you should not have been there. And after all the dust settles, you'll think, I knew it. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I knew I shouldn't have done that. How many have been there? See? And so you can violate that leading. 
So that's why it's so, it's so important that when you pray in the Holy Spirit that you are causing your spirit to be more and more and more sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because he doesn't shout. He very seldom shouts. It can be a, just a very, just a knowing on the inside. Or sometimes it can be a very still, small voice. And you got to listen to that. Now, sometimes it is possible for the Lord to speak audibly. But most of the time, that is not how that happens. But you need to be very sensitive because that he will. So he speaks to you all the time because he loves you, because he lives on the inside of you. So you want to learn to develop your spirit. You need to learn to quiet the mind, discipline the mind, and develop the spirit. So how do I know if it's really the devil speaking or if it's of God? Um, for example, in Colossians 3.15, that we are to be governed by peace. Let the peace of God rule your heart. If your, if your peace is interrupted, that's like a red flag. Don't do it. If you've, if you've lost your peace about something, don't take another step forward. Uh, if you have any fear or anxiety about a certain situation, uh, it tells us in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power of love, of a sound mind. So if, you, if you're anxious about something, don't go in that direction. Uh, pressure. Uh, Psalms 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. God will never, never pressure you to do anything. He will speak to you with a gentle, quiet voice, or that just that knowing, or if he has to, he will speak something audible to you. But it will never be pressure. Don't ever be pressured about, uh, you know, sometimes you can go to some big, big crusades and they can almost pressure you uh, to give an offering. You know what I'm saying? And I've always thought, if they're pressuring me, I say no. The minute I'm pressured, I just back up. I'll give it tomorrow when I can, I can listen to God. Amen. Because God's not going to be late. He's not going to be late. You never be pressured about anything. If you don't buy this item today, this is your last opportunity. The sale is off tomorrow. If any time a, a, a clerk pressures me, I think, that's it. I'm not buying it. I'm not going to buy it. You pressured me, it's over because God's not going to pressure me. Anything. And the simplest things in your life, God's not going to If you feel pressure, just back off. God's got something better for you. Uh, confusion. If you're confused about something, but God is not the author of confusion. So if you're confused, hmm, that's not of God. That makes no sense to me. You know, just back off if you're confused. Anything that steals your peace is just not of God. And anything that is contrary to the word of God, the devil is the liar from the beginning of time. He will never tell you to do something. I mean, the devil will have you. He, he, he camouflages the word. He, he, he twists it up. God will never tell you to do something contrary to what he's told you in his word. I know Christians who have said, well, God told me to do that. I said, well, that's totally against the word of God. I know, but that's what God told me to do, and that's what I'm going to do. No, that is not God. He will never tell you something opposite of his word. You can always measure it by the word. Amen. So you need to know those things because God doesn't make it difficult. He, he keeps things simple so we can understand it. 
So when you get, it's like having a check in your spirit. It's like having a red light because we have, we have spiritual alarms on the inside of us. If you lose your peace, that's like beep, 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 beep. Alarm goes off. It's like um, when you drive your car, you drive when it's green. But if the light turns red, you better stop, right? Because if you go through a red light, you're going to have a head-on collision and it could cost you your life. The Holy Spirit will give you an alarm. If you got a red light in here from the Holy Ghost and you keep going, you will have a spiritual collision. And it could cost you your life. Never go through a red light in the natural or spiritually speaking. Never go through a red light. If the, if the light's red, then you just quiet your, qu- learn to quiet your mind. And just praying in the Holy Spirit really helps you to quiet your mind because you're, you're getting your focus on the spirit of things. Amen. And getting your mind off of the natural realm. So praying in the spirit is so critical. Like it says in Jude 20, build yourself up. You need to always keep yourself built up because you need to have your spirit so sensitive. I always pray every day, Lord, increase my hearing, my seeing, and my knowing. Every day, Lord, increase my hearing, my seeing, and my knowing within my spirit. I want to be so in tune. I don't want to be in the wrong place ever, ever. I don't want to be in the wrong place. So don't go through, uh, don't go through a red light. It's so, so critical. Uh, Same way, like I said, with driving your car. Sometimes when a negative thing happens and people will say, now, why did God let that happen? You hear people say that? Why did God let that happen? Let me ask you this question. Who just went through the red light? God didn't go through the red light. He told you, don't go through the red light. So if you go through the red light, you can't say, why did God let that happen? If we go through the red light, that's my problem, not God's. And so often we're, we're so quick to, to blame God for everything when he didn't do anything. I mean, all he was trying to do was keep you in a safety zone. There was another time when I was living in, in Oklahoma, going to, uh, getting ready to go to Raymond. I, the, my first year I was working at the City of Faith Hospital. And I was coming home from hospital one day from work. And I usually would take a side road because I didn't want to be in all the traffic. And I just, it's just, I just take the side roads. And I'm on the side road and no traffic. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said to me, Lighten up your foot off that, off that gas pedal. I thought, well, okay, there ain't nobody around, but I'll go slower. I mean, I wasn't speeding anyway, but I thought, okay, I, I just kind of lightened up my foot. And the Holy Spirit said, more. I thought, okay. Pretty soon he said, more, more. I thought, okay, now I have to tap the brakes. <laughs> so I'm just slowing down and just tapping the brakes and slowing down. And then all of a sudden, I had an open vision. And I saw into the spirit realm, I saw a truck. And he's got a cargo of lumber. And I saw the cargo up in the air. All that lumber was just up in the air. And then, then I didn't see it. And so I, I'm continually driving. And I'm going down this hill. And I'm approaching a side street. And all of a sudden, there came a truck. 
and he was he he went right through his stop sign turned the corner he's going very fast he turned the corner as soon as he turned the corner he had a cargo of lumber all the lumber you know goes up like this and he slams on his brake trying to control his his truck had I not listened to the Holy Spirit, I'd have been right there. And when he and I was in a very small, compact car. And when he hit his brakes, my little car could have gone right underneath that big truck and er, could have been. I don't know. All I know is the Holy Spirit said, "Back off," and I didn't see a car in sight. And did that make any sense to me? No. It, it's not about making sense. It's not about having to know the answer. You walk by faith, not by the answers. I mean, how wonderful it is that we have the Holy Spirit to guide us in every situation. Brother Hagan used to tell this story about this pastor. He was preaching uh, like a whole week seminar. And by the end of the week, uh, he, was, he was tired and looking forward to going home. And, and so they finished the last meeting, and, and he had said goodbye to everybody. And his wife, well, she's just Miss Chatterbox, Chatterbox. She wants to say goodbye to everybody in the church. She'd been there all week. And her husband said, Pastor, now come on, honey, we got to go, we got to go. She said, well, I want to just, oh, wait a minute, I want to say goodbye. To, uh, come on, come on, we got to go. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him, and he said, just wait 10 minutes. I don't want to wait 10 minutes. I've been here all week. It's time to go. I want to go. Honey, get in the car now. So, okay, okay. So she got in the car. They're going down the road. He's out in the country. And he approaches an intersection. And that car came, ran through that intersection, and hit them broadside. Almost killed his wife. She was in rehab, I think, hospital for six or seven months. But he was so... He was so upset with himself because he did not obey the leading of the Holy Spirit and it almost cost the life of his wife. See, we don't, we don't know all these things and you don't have to know. That's what faith is all about. You just trust the Lord with all of your heart. Don't try to make it sensible. Amen. Don't try to make sense out of it. And now let me tell you something else, too. When the Lord tells you uh, or he warns you of a dangerous situation, and you might say to yourself, well, it is written, no weapon formed against me will prosper. So you think, so it's okay if I go there, even though the Holy Spirit told me not to, because it's written, no weapon formed against me will prosper. The written word, never belittling the written word, but the written word will never have priority over the rhema word. If God says no, that is no. You don't think that you can just quote a scripture that's going to go against what the Holy Spirit just told you to do. If he says don't do it, then you cannot expect the written word to override a rhema word. Does that make sense to you? Very, very important. Because you could say, I mean, you could say that in any situation. Well, no weapon formed against me. Well, that's not so. It's not so. In, uh, so going back again to John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he's going to guide you into all of the truth. All of the truth. And I can't emphasize enough how important it is 
that you spend time with the Lord, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you turn to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 14.2, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. In the Spirit, he will, he's the revealer of danger. He's the revealer of a divine connection. I mean, it can be a good thing as well as a warning you. He wants you to be blessed. He can tell you exactly where you should be when you need to be there. You know, I was uh, sharing with Pastor John Anita yesterday, uh, with working with the at-risk kids, I had uh, brought in a speaker from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, because he's very dynamic at speaking with at-risk kids. And so now I am inviting this guest to come and speak. And so all the responsibility financially is upon me. So I had to pay for his airfare. I had to pay for the hotel for the whole week. I had to pay for the meals the whole week. And I had to pay and give him the offerings because I had him speak at five schools. Schools don't give offerings. So I'm going to have to come up with all of this. And it was going to cost me about $8,000. But I knew the Holy Spirit was directing me to do it. So I obeyed. I said, yes, I'll do it. And I said, now, Lord, I've got some cash saved to give him. But the rest is going to go on my credit card. So I'm asking you... I'm reminding you, Lord, that I pay my credit card off at the end of every month. I'm not giving anybody any interest. So I'm just reminding you that I do that. So I'm asking you to supernaturally provide all that money by the end of the month. <laughs> and um, so uh, I had, after he left, I had, because uh, I was doing a pioneer work in the Swiss Alps, so I had to go back to Switzerland and I took one of my prayer partners with me, and we were there a month. And the last two days, I always save a couple days to treat my, my prayer partners to, to go and see something nice that they haven't seen. And so I took her to the border of uh, Italy and Switzerland to my favorite little village down there. And she was saying, and I know, she was led by the Holy Ghost when she said this. She said, I think we ought, I'd like to go sit by that water. I said, well, yeah, okay, well, we'll just go sit by the water just to see the water for a few moments. We weren't even there maybe two minutes, maybe two minutes. And somebody came by and said, well, if it isn't Marilyn Neubauer. I said, well, hello. Now, these are people that attend a church where I preach at in Loreto, Mexico. Now, here we are both. We're all here, right here at the waterfront. And they said, we haven't seen you for a long time. Let's go have lunch. I said, well, of course, you know. So we're having lunch. He wanted to know about the ministry. And he said, you know, we, since we haven't seen you, let me just give you a little offering. And so he wrote out a check and folded it in half, and I put it in my pocket. And later on that evening, I got out that check, $10,000. Woo, that's right. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that I heard you, that we're going to go and sit by the water. And because... I, the guy in Mexico, meeting in Switzerland, paid for my bill in America. It pays. It pays to obey. Amen. It pays to obey. Uh, in uh, Proverbs fourteen twelve, it says, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Or, or you could say it's a way of defeat. You'll be defeated every time. So you need to, I can't emphasize how much you need to trust the Lord. 
Uh, in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. You just need to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Can I share one more story with you really quick? You like stories? I was, um, this happened years ago, but I, it just always seems like it was yesterday because it was so, so powerful. But I was um, looking for a place to live, and uh, I was looking for, for an apartment. And I spent the weekend looking around, and I finally saw one that I really liked. And so I called the, the uh, apartment complex, and I said, if that apartment's available, I'd like to have that one. I just felt like that was the one the Lord said, Marilyn, this is the one for you. I, I, want, I want you to take that one. I said, okay, well, I liked it. I, I, I'll do that, Lord. So, uh, but she said, it's too late today to come and sign the lease agreement. So if you could wait till Monday, come on Monday, but don't come until 5 o'clock because I'm going to be in meetings all day. But when you come at 5 o'clock, I'll have the lease agreement ready for you to sign. But when you do come, be sure that you bring proof of credit and you bring your deposit. I said, yes, ma'am, whatever you need, I'll bring it. So as soon as I got off the phone, I said, now, Lord, I know you want me to get that appointment, but uh, you and I both know I don't have any credit. Everything, I don't, I don't have a husband anymore, and everything back then was in my husband's name. I said, I don't have any credit. All I have is a library card. And I know she doesn't want to see my library card. <laughs> so, Lord, you said that you would supply all of my needs. So, thank you that by 5 o'clock tomorrow, I have credit. And so the next day, I'd look at my watch. I'd say, now, Lord, we're down to about, about three hours as far as I know. I still only have my library card. But thank you, thank you, because you said you would supply all of my needs. So now it's time to go for that appointment. I drove over there. I got out of the car, and I looked at my watch, and I said, now, Lord, in about five minutes, I need proof of credit. As far as I know, I've only got my library card. But I know that this is what you want me to do. So I'm going to walk in there, and I'm trusting you that this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. And somehow, in five minutes, I've got credit. So I walked in there and um, filled out the lease agreement. And she said, good. Now, did you bring your proof of credit and your deposit? I said, absolutely. Of course I did. So I reached down into my purse. Now, earlier that day... I had written an offering to somebody, but I couldn't mail it because I forgot the envelope. So I stuck that offering loose inside my wallet. And when I went to get out my library card, the, uh, that check fell out. And she had a big desk, and it landed right in front of me. And th- the Holy Ghost, I know the Holy Ghost, he went, whew. He blew it all the way across that desk for her. And she picked up that check thinking it was my deposit. And she looks, she goes, oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry, I can't help but notice this, uh, this isn't uh, your deposit. But this check is written to Oral Roberts' ministry. She said, do you support that ministry? Now, back then, yeah, it was, oh, back then could have been a big red flag. And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. And she took that check and she plopped it down on her desk and she shoved it back to me and she said, well, that's all the credit I need. (laughs) Divine appointments or a warning. But you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen.
So I just want to pray with you uh, this morning. And if there's anybody here, I know we've got some visitors. And there's many of you I don't know. Um, but I'm going to ask you a, a really important question. And just close your eyes for just a moment and just, just focus on how much God loves you. That you are the apple of his eye, even if you don't know him.